Benjamin Netanyahu held power as Prime Minister of Israel for a total of 15 years. But his long and turbulent time at the top is now over. As yesterday, the Knesset, Israeli Parliament, sworn a new Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett. Very, very thin vote. 60 to 59. Razor thin. Makes him the leader of a very diverse coalition. He is the new PM. So what does that mean? For outsiders, a change in Israeli leadership immediately leads to questions about Middle East peace and if the prospects are any better with a regime change. So, to find out what this means for that part of the world, we're going to chat with Dr. Ferry DeKerkov, who is a former ambassador and CGAI fellow and our go-to voice of expertise on the Middle East. Ferry, thank you for joining us again this morning. Appreciate your time. With pleasure. So, before we get to the new guy, let's talk about the yep. outgoing PM here. Absolutely. Uh, Netanyahu, he didn't go quietly, didn't go graciously. Instead, <laughs> he, he's labeled this new coalition as evil and anti-democratic. He's not exiting the national stage, right? Uh, you know, I guess he could ultimately find himself in jail. That might change things. But until then, he'll continue to have a, a large degree of influence in Israel. Yeah. Doesn't he remind you of somebody? somebody uh, I can't put my finger on it, Ferry. No, exactly. but yeah. <laughs> Somewhere south, but I don't know exactly where, and there's a beautiful property on the beach or something like that. Let's leave that aside for a moment. Listen, B.B. is the king of hubris, and let's go a bit into some of his achievement in order to justify a bit his desire to stay in power. Okay. You know, he's the first guy to have applied Reaganomics uh, to Israel, and although it enhanced inequality, and, and, and it's sad for a country as developed as Israel, he's also managed to prop the economy. He developed the high tech to a point where very often they export to the U.S. and other countries. Uh, in the beginning, he was not particularly great on COVID, then all of a sudden it worked because he made that extraordinary deal by, by actually allowing the company providing the vaccine to have access to all the data, which no other country has done, and that's why they got all the, the vaccine in time. So very brilliant. Now, you have to recognize that Israel, living in a rather, rather very cool, calm place, has developed an extraordinary capability in intelligence, and it's an offensive capability, as the Iranian had found out several times. Uh, the military is unparalleled. You know that there's an agreement that will go back in time now that at any given time the U.S. will guarantee that Israel can defeat all the Arab countries even if they were all allied together against mm -hmm. it. So that's quite an important element. On, in terms of foreign relation, uh, think about, we could nearly be jealous, look that for that small little country, but because of its capability, has relationship not on par but close to it, countries like India, like like China, like Russia, you know, politics doesn't matter. It's the, it's the big buck that matters. It hasn't great influence in some countries in Africa, even in Latin America. And now, because of the Abraham Accords, for your listener, the Abraham Accords are those opening up of relationship, formal relationship between Arab countries and Israel, such as the United Arab Emirates, such as uh, Bahrain, 
Bahrain, and there and and there's even recognition going all the place to Sudan, where so few people listening know exactly where Sudan is. But those are very important development. The problem, the the downsides of this is the arrogance, the narcissism, and also the paranoia, which also remind you of somebody down south. Uh, he's Trumpian with maybe with steroids, or I, I'm I'm not sure. But today, today uh, he's got a you know he's out, and we'll have to talk about the legacy in terms of the relationship with the U.S., which is so critical for Israel. Yes. But but of course on the Palestinian side, and we can go more into depth about that. He he has ensured that the legacy Ariel Sharon would be maintained to the hilt. And what does that mean? It basically means settlers' colonialism galore. What it means is that basically the the fundamental intent of Israel politics across the political arena is basically Israel in one way or another reconquering the whole of Palestine what is called the Mandate Palestine, that is the one that the Brits were responsible for between the two world wars. So that's and, not and just so, Jerusalem, that's Gaza, that's West oh, Bank. We're talking about the, the long-term objective is Judea, Samaria, which is really reconquering at the maximum extent what the whole Palestine was at the time when it was split from Transjordan. I don't want to go into the details of geography, but it, yeah, is, it yeah. is absolutely fundamental. Now, one of the, the, the negative side of our friend Netanyahu is that his populistic, uh, pers- you know, very populistic uh, personality is also, of course, extremely divisive at a time where the whole Israeli politics moved to the far right. You don't have any real left left in, uh, in, in, in Israel. Even Lapid, for instance, is, is much more center-right than he is for left. So, in a way, Bibi Netanyahu has legitimized extremism, but at the same time, in order to try and maintain power, he tried to have an agreement with the Ram, the, the Ram Party, which is the small uh, Palestinian group of four uh, uh, Knesset members, and, and, and so he was prepared to ally himself with, with Islamists. So it's a, it's, it's a very complex, uh, complex situation. So the problem is that bit, I mean, the relation with the U.S. is also tampered by the fact that basically Netanyahu decided he was going to play ball only with the Republican, which put in question the traditional perfect equilibrium support for Israel stemming from both Democrats and Republicans, because he thought the evangelist and the Republican were more attuned to his own vision of politics. So that division, of course, got uh, extrapolated, if I can use that term, by the famous discussion on the GCPOA, the Joint Common Program of Action, i.e. the nuclear deal with Iran. Right, yeah. And if, I don't know if you remember that Brother Netanyahu came and you know, was welcomed by Congress without even paying homage to Obama when he was president, and that, that didn't do good for the relations with the two. But, but basically, Netanyahu decided to uh, 
find out the best support possible. And of course, once Brother Trump came in, that became uh, heaven for, 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 for Israel, sure, yeah. to the extent that uh, Jerusalem became the national capital, uh, which, and then the Golan Heights, by a kind of fiat of Trump, became part of perennial uh, part of Israel, even though in international law it doesn't hold. Uh, so, in a way, uh, brother, brother Netanyahu of late got in, in, into the bad side of the Democrat who really thought that was too much. And the latest crisis that we all witnessed and the bombing of Hamas was not particularly well looked at by, by, the, by, by the Democrats. Although, of course, Mr. Biden continued to express his full support sure, yeah. for Netanyahu. So, I, I'm sorry, I'm going through. I could go on and on no, and yeah, on, yeah. but I'm, I'm, maybe uh, you want to stop me otherwise i can talk to you about uh, you know why why has netanyahu become like that well why yeah i mean when we talk about netanyahu and, and we we're just for the interest of time um let's switch gears and, and touch on um naftali bennett yeah uh, what what do we know about this guy because like you say the entire political landscape in israel has shifted pretty far to the right this guy is certainly not a dove uh, when it comes it's to Middle East peace. He's a former chief of staff for Netanyahu. He shares all, all the views of Netanyahu. The whole idea in, in Israel was to get rid of Netanyahu, but certainly not change the landscape. Right. The only problem is that to achieve that result, he had to ally himself with every, everybody else that is not part of the Likud, that is the party of Netanyahu. And so that's, that was the agreement with Lapid, uh, and that was also the agreement even with the, uh, the, the Palestinian from Ram. So, so we're talking about a totally unmanageable proposition. This being said, there's some, there, there's some good stuff about it, because in a way, the, the, this group right now, which is totally eclectic, is going to be reinforced in its determination to stay together precisely because of the lambasting by Netanyahu. I think Bibi is, is, is wrong in attacking that group because it's strengthening their coalition. You've noticed that they will work on issues that are palatable to the general population and to the membership of that government. They will look looking from a very cool situation. They will focus on economic recovery. They will try to fight against poverty because, surprisingly enough, one in five Israeli, and I'm talking Israeli, not the Arab Israeli, one in five lives in poverty, which is amazing. They will yeah. try, I think, to enhance a contribution to the uh, Arab sector uh, because that, that will be the price to be paid for being supported by Ram. Uh, and, and in a way, of course, it's fragile because the big issue will be the Palestinian issue. And you've noticed they're not talking about it. I have to tell you that Bennett from Yamina is absolutely on the same page, if not worse, than Netanyahu in terms of expanding settlement, not seeing the light of a Palestinian state. So some of these fundamentals are exactly the same as when Netanyahu was in power. So I don't see any hope for the Palestinian at all at this stage. Very just in terms of the political situation, I mean... 
this guy only has six seats in the Knesset himself. He yep. only has a term of two years, and then somebody else rotates into the position. We know Israel. I think they've had five elections in the last two years or yep. something ridiculous like that. Can we look for a little bit of stability in the political landscape of Israel, just as you said, this coalition desperate to hold together and keep Netanyahu on the outside? Uh, I think so, but I want to triple my pay to tell really what my crystal ball is saying. <laughs> because, listen, it's you know Netanyahu is a wild beast, a wild animal, and a fantastic politician, and he's already working on a lot of people. It doesn't take one more than one right. to to for the government to collapse. But the pro- the thing, as I said earlier, the hatred that has been built over time against Netanyahu is the cement that. That will hold. That will be the glue of that of that government. But as I said, uh, on many other issues, there'll be a pass. There'll be an agreement not to raise consensitive issues. That's why there'll be very little on the Palestinian case. Despite uh, you know, I don't know if you've read the Economist and the discrimination against Palestinian, the inequality between Israeli and Palestinian, and all of that. Nothing will be done on that score, particularly because Bennett has no interest at all. And on the, the joint common program of action, the nuclear deal, I think Bennett will be much smarter, and he will be, he will, he is against it even more so than Netanyahu, but he will not harangue the, the, the uh, you know, the pulpit. I think he will be talking quietly with uh, Biden. You've noticed that Biden, who waited more than a month to call Netanyahu, called Bennett literally a few hours after he was elected. So for, for Bennett, this is good news, and he will have the support of the U.S. in a, in a more balanced, more normal, more natural way. So I, I think that will hold, but I, I, I'm saying, will it hold a year? Will it hold two years, and then there'll be the, the typical Israeli politics where when Lapid ha- will be invited to come in, Bennett will pull the plug like, like uh, Netanyahu pulled the plug on Benny Gantz when he was also supposed to shift uh, and and trade places. The key question that I'm looking forward to is when, as you said right from the beginning, when is Netanyahu going to be in prison? That's the thing, right? Before or after Trump? Either he ends up in um, back in the Knesset as PM again, or he ends up in jail. What what is the status of his corruption trial? Absolutely. Yeah. So the status right now is uncertain, uh, but I think now that he's no longer PM, he's got very. He's, he, it's much. He's a much a weaker position, but he's going to fight to the end. And and you know th- those legal cases can last oh, sure. and last and last uh, beyond our 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 own lives. Um, <laughs> final question: We know that there's uh, there was elections that were delayed in terms of Palestine. What's the status of that, and what kind of an impact would this change in uh, leadership in Israel have? on that, if any? Well, you know, as I said, uh, our friend Bennett is not at all interested in creating a Palestinian state. I think there's a very strong desire for uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of Palestinian Authority, to leave. The problem is that the, the one that they want as his successor, Barghouti, is in jail and, and in jail for, for decades uh, at the behest of the Israeli uh, justice system. So there's, there's very little inclination. And you've, know, you've noticed that the Americans are very coy about that. They, they barely 
reiterate the mantra of the two states. Uh, actually, has, they haven't even mentioned that in the latest discussion. So I, 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 don't, uh, I don't expect any change. I, the, the, some of the key discussion will come just right Right, you know, in the very next weeks, you will have the uh, Ayatar illegal settlement that will come to the fore, and Bennett, whether he say yes or no, will make enemies on one side or the other. And Hamas, uh, don't put past Hamas' ability to create a mess, even though they've been whacked yeah. pretty nastily recently. No, we know that. Uh, constant presence. Yeah. Uh, very great insight, as always. Can't thank you enough for your time. With pleasure. Appreciate it. That All is. The best. That is Ferry de Kerkov, who uh, served for a long time as uh, Canada's ambassador in that part of the world. Uh, he's also a fellow with CGAI. Uh, he knows the lay of that land uh, better than anybody else that we bring on.